Welcome back to Buzzin' with Bold. We're here inside the Bold headquarters in the Buzz Lounge. How are you? Episode 2. We got maybe the two most electric Dinos hockey players <laughs> currently on the team uh, with us today. They're going to talk about the season they're having, historic season, um, and what's what the season's been about, how they got to this point in their careers. So let's introduce them right now. We got Zach. Uh, we're going to go over this last name in a second. <laughs> we're going to say Wit. I butchered every time. Sorry, brother. No worries. And Dakota Krebs. Uh, we also have our co-host here, Simon Doherty. How are we doing, on? Simon? I'm doing great. It's a great week. Uh, heading to Vancouver tomorrow, so excited to, to get on the links here and uh, have another great podcast. Golf guy. Wait. Yeah, you got to love to see that. <laughs> Can't get too many of those. Uh, and we got Chris Rockman. How we doing? Okay, boys, just to introduce ourselves a little bit before we dive too far into the stories here, but... Um, I want you guys to describe your your partners here, NHL player comparison. Realistically, who are they? Yeah, that's a good one. Actually works well because we're roommates and D partners too. I'm going to go uh, maybe a LA Kings Cup run, Matt Green for Dakota Krebs. Wow, Just a reliable, stay-at-home okay. guy, can count on him. Glass he's and got, out. Yeah, glass and out. Real simple game, but you know he's preparing and he's ready to get uh, get the job done. I thought you were going to go Drew Doughty there, and I was going to flip this. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah, too, uh, he needs a simple style yeah. style of game, I think. I like that. Yeah. A, fr a friend of mine uh, met him at North Dakota, and she said Greener was a, a huge locker room guy. No, so I would say. Comparison. So I like it. Really good I really comparison. like it. Yeah, that was good. It popped into my mind last minute, nice. too, which is nice. Krebsy, who do we think Witt is like? Uh, I kind of got a blend of... Uh, Brian Leach <laughs> and Al McInnes wow. with an absolute howitzer of a shot. So that's who I kind of went with. I went back Brian Leach. Did yeah. I not text that to you? That did. I didn't even tell him that. Is wow. No way. Too. Yeah, I told him that he looked like a young Brian Leach in the <laughs> last in the U.S. Well, game. Al McInnes is a little bit. Well, you got a how? You got, well, you got a howitzer. Okay. So that's okay. what I figured. I was like a little mix of that. So yeah, that's my comparison. Dakota Krebs, how are you? Beautiful. Okay, uh, so before we get into uh, the podcast here, we do a seg. So if you if you listen to the first episode, it's a question to get just kind of icebreaker, gets the gets the juices flowing a little bit. We do it in our staff meetings. I got the seg question again today. Uh, this comes from a conversation I had with my wife Dion. She just went to the Adele concert in Vegas, and I said. I said to her, uh, I says, I says to her. Um, I was like, Dion, you think you can get on stage in front of 30,000 people and just get, uh, perform? Without hesitation, she says, yeah, no problem. I'm like, come on, wow, are you boy. kidding me? Like, like, you gotta have a little bit of nerves there. So the question today is, if you had to get on stage in half an hour in front of 30,000 people, what are you doing? Are you, what kind of act are you performing? Are you singing? Are you? What are you doing? Thirty thousand people. You got you got thirty minutes to prepare. Yeah, you're on stage here in thir in thirty minutes. Wow. Thirty thousand people out there in Vegas. Cool. Rocks, are you talking about FRC? No, probably not. <laughs> uh, I don't really know, to be honest with you. That's uh, 
That's a tough. I, I to be honest with you, I'm kind of blown away that Dion said she could do no problem. Well, I was I'd, crazy. Well, I'd love to hear what, what like, Dion. What are you gonna do? Can we have you a know? week though? Thirty uh, minutes seems a little. No, you're on stage in thirty minutes. Something oh. that you're confident that you can at least put on. Okay, we got something wild, here. wild on stage story here. I went to my first ever concert, Shania Twain concert, and got on stage with four other guys. I went to. First ever concert in Winnipeg. No way. Yeah, wild story. We got, uh, we're down on like her secondary stage, like floor level. So she comes over on like this swing and comes down to the secondary stage. And we're all standing out front by it. And she goes, uh, like gives a speech and she goes, do you four guys want to come up on stage? And we're like, yeah. (laughs) And so she flies back to the main stage and we get a security escort right up to uh, on stage. So did you sing? No, I didn't sing. Okay. I was pretty nervous, and I wasn't doing anything <laughs> up there. But uh, I'd probably go dancing. I think that's pretty simple. Okay, yeah, but hold Keep on, hold easy. on, wait. What what happened when you guys got pulled up on stage? Was it just like uh, it was uh, just basically selfies and uh, just a hug, and then she gave us like a a quick little uh, shout out to these guys, and then it was like her revival tour, or I don't know what it was called, but like something about being young again, we- or. We might have been on that one with uh, with GIF when they when she came to Calgary. Yeah, I got a little hand slap from her. Not gonna lie. No <laughs> way. She went down the, the down the aisle. Yeah. Wow, can always count on Shania for yeah. something good. Eh? Yeah, she was unreal. Really good live. I liked uh, it. Yeah, she was great. All right, yeah. here. I'm really looking forward to hearing these answers. Uh, I'm gonna start it off. I'm gonna agree with you, Whit, but I'm gonna go a little bit deeper. Um, I've been known to perform a pretty good lap dance. Oh my God. Um, I've won a few competitions in my past, to be honest with you. I've been, I don't know if you've ever heard of Mango Deck uh, in Mexico on the beach. <laughs> uh, but I've won a few uh, lap dance competitions. So I feel like, you know, if I was feeling good enough, I had half an hour, maybe I could, you know, lube up the engine a little bit. Uh, I think I could go out there and put on a hell of a show. Wow. Okay, Brielle. Hopefully you're listening <laughs> to that. Nice. Krebsy, you oh. got something there. Well, he kind of kind of alluded to a little bit of dancing, but I think I'd probably go into a little bit of a lyrical dance. I'm a pretty <laughs> sentimental, you know, I get to the, the emotional heartstrings going. Like spoken word or what are we yeah, talking? Yeah, like I'd get some sort of like really emotional song on and then I would actually like be acting out my emotions with my body. I could this is this I is the man this, for the job. If actually, there was one guy, I would put him. Up. I've done it many times in front of my family. Wow! Or I would just like, yeah, some some of the dancing, throwing any song you want. Yeah, I'll move. Unbelievable! Okay. So yeah. we're looking for the crowd to be like tearing up a little bit here. Maybe. Or, I don't know. It kind of depends. Honestly, you, I'd kind of read the read the read room. The room. Yeah. Okay, thirty thousand. Read it. I guess it's Adele. <laughs> it's Adele though. So yeah. if, if is it am I taking it, over for Adele? Well. Sure, I, I didn't really have you got that. 30 minutes. Yeah, I didn't really have that in my <sighs> question, but... Yeah, honestly, though, that's kind of usually what I'd go to. Um, well, like I that. love it. My, so when I was thinking the question, I'm sitting and Simon laugh at this, but one of my heroes is George Strait. You guys know him? Yeah. Hopefully. You bet. So the vision in my head is I'm wearing all black. I got the tightest Wranglers you've ever seen <laughs> painted on. Black hat. It's pitch black in the stadium one spotlight comes on me and I, I walk out with the mic on the ear, you know? Britney <laughs> Spears look here. Yeah. No, really slow, like all black, got the guitar, and I just go, Amarillo by morning. <laughs> and the place goes nuts. <laughs> they think it's him. They think it's him. <laughs> and then I'm booed off stage in about 30 seconds. Yeah. But well, I think we're all getting booed off stage. Let's we, not, uh, 
let's not get ourselves here. I will say though, when uh, when we were in our twenties, and Alex would go to, uh, we'd go to Stampede. Everybody would tell you have these these older moms coming up to Alan and, and telling him he looks like a young George Strait. So wow. I think he could uh, oh, he could okay. pull something like that off and and make it happen. That's an all time compliment, almost. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. That's pretty good. Yeah, Slick, what are you doing? This is man, I. <laughs> You know, I think I'm uh, I'm pulling a Matt Foley, drinking nine coffees in the basement, and coming out and doing a motivational speech. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. That's perfect. Uh, I, I I don't I don't know you, if anybody knows me. Pressure pressure's a little bit. Uh, you know, I I might get over my head, um, but I think at the same time, if I'm drinking nine coffees, I'm I'm ready to run through a brick wall and uh, get the crowd going. So. I think you'd get the hey, crowd going. Now that I think of it, actually, honestly, I might just throw the old miracle speech on. Really? Yeah, just just go up there and do a miracle speech and just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. Oh, just yeah. great moments. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so let's get into it. So Krebsy will be the first, our first guest here. You've you've heard him. He's just on the mic right now. Um, Dakota Krebs grew up in Okotoks. Uh, played for the Rocky View Raiders. Yes. Wow. Heard of them. Never. Um, <laughs> dra- drafted to Tri-City, uh, then traded to the Calgary Hitmen where he was assistant captain, uh, now plays for the Dinos. Comes from a pretty pretty uh, amazing hockey family. You got three brothers all, all doing very well. Uh, and I, like you mentioned, I think you're on the team, you're known for your, uh, your mic skills and getting the boys going. Um, give us a little... Uh, intro to to yourself and your and your uh, path. So uh, yeah, Dakota Krebs. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in Oak Tokes, Alberta. Um, three or two brothers, one sister. I got a musician sister, two younger hockey brothers, and then um, yeah. So actually moved from Calgary when I was in grade three to Oak Tokes. I lived in Crestmont. If anybody knows where that is, uh, Northwest Calgary guy. And then I happened to end up here again. But um, yeah, so actually played BAM AAA. I was always on the top team growing up. And then when I actually, I didn't get drafted actually. A little uh, wow, piece sorry. there. Check the notes. Yeah. <laughs> Do your research. <laughs> and uh, so I was, uh, I was undrafted. I thought I was going to get drafted, obviously, like most kids. Balled my eyes out. And then uh, got cut for the first time, I guess you could say. Um, my midget triple a year um played minor midget and i actually had a uh i got had a really good start to the year and i got listed by tri-city um right at the start of the season when i was in minor midget and i actually had like a really bad uh, wrist injury which i got stepped on so i had two tendons and nerve cut um when i was 15 i was out for like three or four months so i missed pretty much the whole season um and then i ended up coming back at the end of the season kind of wild story tangent i'm going off here but that's okay um minor major season i played sutter mm-hmm. cup is what it used to be called for the rockview raiders rockview raiders are no longer a team i uh, all moved to oak tokes um but then as i played that i played out that sutter cup and i got called up to the mid triple a's and they were actually on their provincial run and they had a guy that missed it was suspended for the last game of the year um sorry for the, the final game of the gold medal game at provincial so i jump on the team for the final game no way gold medal play like i don't know i actually play decent minutes yeah get a gold medal they asked me to come to pacifics go to pacifics uh win pacifics and then they couldn't take me to tell cup but 
I essentially won a gold medal and Pacifics <laughs> in two games. Crazy. So, wild. That's crazy. I know, crazy. So I came back from that injury and then, um, yeah, so moving into the WHL kind of realm, I was actually thinking about going playing junior A maybe as a 16-year-old because I just had a really great year as a minor midget player. And then I actually got a call from the Tri-City guy saying that I'd be going to main camp and I was like pretty pumped. I was like, all right, I'll go there too. So went to Tri-City. Um, didn't I literally just packed my bags like just to be there for the week and uh, yeah so they actually had like nine players get on defense so they were like okay hey, these guys these are the guys that are gonna probably make the team I'm going through camp make it through to through the main spot actually sign that was my goal the whole time I just wanted to sign and WHL team is my dream growing up and uh, so I sign and then um, I go to exhibitions I actually end up playing like sick like really good and the one veteran guy, he's 19. <laughs> Eat my farts. <laughs> he's 19. He actually separates his shoulder. Career-ending injury. So now we're down to 8D, I think, not including me. And then another guy actually just decides he wants to go home and play junior A. So then we're down to, like, 7 that they said they were going to have. So they had to make a decision on me, like, within, like, a week or so mm-hmm. because I had to go back to mid AAA. And they, uh, they're like, all right you're staying with us and I was like what like I did not expect this my mom was with them and then actually when I left my sister's like all right see you in two weeks and then I just didn't come back so um, made the team as a 16 year old zero points zero goals zero assists 44 <laughs> games but uh crazy kind of start and then I played for Tri-City for two and a half years got traded in the uh the Jake Bean deal um got <laughs> oh, sent really? over yeah sent over to um Calgary for well, it was him for me, another guy, and then 30,000 other picks. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah, we went to Calgary, um, finished out my career, and then we were, our last season was ended uh, by uh, COVID. I mean, we would have won the championship, but that's other news. I remember, yeah, I remember watching that year. Yeah. Wow. Couple, yeah. A couple of crazy years there. I mean, talk about being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it kind of just all worked out that, I mean, happy the way it did, but yeah, now I'm UC Dino, so nice. really excited to be here too. But Krebs, before we move on there, I'm I'm just curious because sometimes people talk a lot about uh, as Rock says, right place, right time. L- the factor luck plays into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious when you're when you're in this opportunity, what's your mindset, knowing that there's already eight nine defensemen there, and how are you going about that process when you look back at it? Yeah, so I kind of just well, I had really good advice from like people in the hockey world. And they, when I went to, when I was going to my first WHL camp or the one where I was trying out, they said just literally whatever the coach says, just do it to a T. So I would, if the coach said stop on the blue line, I stopped on the blue line every time. And then I just happened to start talking to the coach, and he like seemed obviously kind of seemed to like me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just working my bag off, like it was absurd. Like I was just working so hard. Every single thing they said, I just did it. And uh, I think I guess they, that gave him confidence too like take me because they knew I was going to work but in general throughout the whole process I was like I kind of had this like I have nothing to lose mindset because worst case I go back play mid triple a whatever it is but um no one expected me to be making the team so I was like all right let's just see where this goes kind of thing and that's kind of been the way I've kind of approached most things is like just kind of put whatever you can into it and you never know what could happen right and I mean it's funny because I have two brothers two other brothers have gone through hockey too and my Peyton went first overall in the draft. Yeah. Drew went like second round, and then I went 
undrafted. So there's kind of these diff three different storylines yep. that all are like good, um, good people to look at, I guess, for young guys. But, you know, you're the oldest brother of the of the three, right? And do you think your story kind of set the foundation of of set the example for for your other br- brothers that were coming up through the WHL and and just you know maybe you, it wasn't offered to you in Peyton's in Peyton's situation he's the first overall pick mm-hmm. um, but just going in there and con- taking control of what you can control exactly um, did that really set the the an example for the rest of the, your brothers yeah I think my dad always calls me the guinea pig so we my parents like I was the oldest so everything was kind of trial and error for me um, so we had no idea kind of about the WHL, like what the steps and stable anything like that. So I think definitely, I think if you've seen, I've always said, if you've seen somebody or you know somebody that's gone through or is at the level you want to go, it makes it so much more attainable because it's like real. Mm-hmm. And there's like this like living version of this person that you want to, that you want to be. So it's like, okay, that's, if you know a doctor, you're like, okay, I can become a doctor. I know this doctor, right? So if I've seen an NHL or if I've lived with around NHL, that's that's why I think so many like NHLers kids yeah. or that have been around is because they're like, oh, it's my dad. Like, I know exactly what that guy needs to do. Or you know, I there's so many things that I can do because I know this person. So yeah, back to your question, mm-hmm. um, my brothers, I definitely think like me going through that, they saw the steps. You're the reason, essentially. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> the guinea pig. I I get, is that a compliment? Or yeah. I'm still trying to figure that out. You're like, wait, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, well, best of luck. <laughs> no, but it, I guess it gave him a little bit of a formula to kind of go after. And, I mean, I love helping my brothers out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're uh, they're way better than me, and that's a good thing. Oh, great story. Um, right on. Well, our second guest here, Zach, can you, can you pronounce your last name for the boys again? <laughs> yeah. Witting, like Witting. a I N G ending, is what you're looking for there. I don't think anybody on the Dinos um, broadcast knows that. Yeah, I heard a winning. I heard a. <laughs> I don't think there's too many. I would have liked if Al could have got it right well, for a while, but that's fine. <laughs> it's one of those things you practice a hundred times in your head, and then the lights come on. And <laughs> yeah. No, I'm joking. Well, it's like how many times, like growing up playing sports, it's like that must have been a nightmare. Like yeah, there's starting been some, lineup for you know. There's some interesting <laughs> ones, but honestly, like. Uh, small town growing up it's not bad because there's lots of people kind of in surrounding areas with the same name so then people kind of know but once you get a little bit older then it's like a little bit of a free-for-all whatever you want yeah well let me pump your tires here for a sec (laughs) um so first off you're you're a manitoba kid played your minor hockey through manitoba played for the brandon wheat kings regina pats but what gets me going the most is a provincial golf champion. Wow. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Maybe I didn't do the research right on that one either, but hell of a golfer. Come from a family of golfers. Um, take us through kind of, you know, growing up playing hockey and your story uh, getting to where you are now. Sounds good. Do you want any golf talk? A little bit of, of course. golf Sprinkle story it in there for sure. Yeah. Toss it in there. Yeah, I'll plug, uh, plug my brother in first maybe. But uh, he played three years professional golf uh, on the PGA Tour Canada or Lake McKenzie Tour. <clears throat> so he did that. He played four years at uh, U of M, University of Manitoba. Played golf there, won a national championship in 2014, his last year. And uh, yeah, I would say basically all my, you know, whatever golf skill or whatever you want to call it comes from him. He used to, he's eight years older than me, so he's, he's 30 now, and he used to... Uh, 
like take me out to the golf course and we'd go golfing after school basically every day when he had his license. We're the only two kids from, uh, we're like from a town of 600 people. We're the only two, I think there was probably like five or seven junior golfers total at the golf course. We were the only two really who ever played. So him and I would go and we'd play uh, 18 holes in like an hour and a half almost every day and then more on the weekends. So basically it was pretty much impossible to not be half decent like <laughs> growing up with him and uh, I was definitely pretty lucky and he helped me with hockey too. He was like basically I looked up to him for everything and he gave me like even now he gives me lots of good advice on just like as far as what he thinks on you know like mentality and and just kind of trying to be in a good headspace and stuff. So anyways, probably could go deeper into him, but that's kind of... Sounds like a great guy. He's the best. Yeah, I love him. No, he's awesome. And then my hockey story, yeah, I uh, kind of similar to Krebsy, to be honest, but um, we had, like, so growing up in my town, like 600 people, lots of our teams in minor hockey, we'd combine with other towns. So we'd have, like, barely have enough people for a team. And uh, so we did that. I did that until, like, my first year Bantam, and then... Um, didn't even know about like AAA hockey. Went and tried out for the uh, like Bantam AAA team my first year, and I was like really small and undersized. Made the team. Then my parents didn't let me play because they thought it was a bad decision just with being undersized, and and that I should just go home and uh, play house league again. So I did that. Wow. First year Bantam. Good. Next year Bantam made the team, um, and then I was playing like forward on the penalty kill and and playing D the. The rest of the time, kind of a wild year. Thought I'd get drafted, wasn't even close, I don't think. <laughs> kind of a classic story. Um, and then, yeah, from there I went and uh, made Midget my first year. And uh, played my first year, got listed by Medicine Hat about three quarters of the way through. Was listed for like two weeks, and then it was like the uh, trade deadline. So that you have to have your 50 listed players set aside from your roster. And so I was the last guy listed, so I was the first guy off. So I was on a WHL team for two weeks. was devastated there. And then the end of that year, I got listed by uh, Red Deer. Went to their camp the next year. They had a lot of returning guys like uh, Krebsy's situation, like nine guys. Ended up signing. Wasn't sure what to do. Had no idea if that was like the right move. I remember trying to talk to people and seeing if like I should sign, if it's a good decision. Nobody I really talked to, to be honest, had much experience. And anyways... Ended up signing was probably a bad decision, to be honest, looking back. And uh, anyways, so I got go to that camp after I signed. And uh, I remember I was like halfway through camp and Brent Sutter comes up to me and he goes, uh, what do you think about playing forward? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever. Puts me on forward. Uh, that lasts for like a week. Get cut. Sent home. Um, so I go back to my hometown, go to school get traded to uh, the Weekings, which is like my hometown team, like two weeks later. And I remember I was sitting in a math class and my principal and guidance counselor came into my class, pulled me out of the class. And they were like jumping around, giving me high fives. Like no way. They told me I got traded. Yeah, they found out before me, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So then I leave, uh, spend the first half of the year there, get sent home by Brandon at Christmas. I was playing forward for most of the time. 29 games, one assist, similar points. <laughs> And uh, so anyways, the next year I'm 18 and uh, like basically going to be tough to make the team, not in a good spot. End up making the team and actually uh, one of the guys who I'm really good friends with who was on the team originally got sent home. So I basically took his spot. Good buddy. And uh, that was kind of tough, but way it goes. And 
yeah, spent 18-year-old, 19-year-old, and uh, the first little bit of my 20-year-old season in Brandon, which was awesome. My parents and friends and family came to every home game. It was basically as good as it gets. It was pretty, pretty awesome. And then uh, the overage deadline when I was 20 got sent home and uh, traded to Regina about two days uh, later and, and spent my 20-year-old year there, which was good too. Great organization where they treat you really well. And well, then, you told uh, me you hated it there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hated it there because they <laughs> called me out. And, well, we were about, I think our record was uh, 11 and uh, 50, whatever it would have yeah. been, 49, sorry. So it wasn't a great time. Nobody loved it, but... No, we went joking. from like, uh, well, no, I definitely told you that. <laughs> um, good organization. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they were. That's like, a good organization. Know, well, you know it too. They yeah. treat guys well, but yeah, we sucked. We were horrible. And we, uh, I remember like when I got there, we were on a 10-game losing streak. And uh, we won like 6-5 in overtime to finally get a win. Wasn't a great time, but. So, uh, so I know uh, I know you played with uh, Nolan Patrick mm-hmm. and Brandon. Um both you guys played on some pretty good teams. I'm just curious, like, who are the best players you've played with or guys maybe played against that, like Oof. Nolan Patrick, second overall to Philly, I believe. Yeah. Uh, is there anyone that's, like, unbelievable you guys played with? I guess I'll lead off here. He would probably be up there. I played with Kale Clegg, who's in the NHL now. Um, trying to think of who else, really. Those would probably be my two two top dogs I don't know if I can really think of anybody else they were just like those are the kind of guys like Nolan Patrick was like dominating in practice at 70% he was going at 70% like I remember yeah he would just one-on-one drills just about score every time so you just could see like he was he was unbelievable and then Clegg was pretty much the he was nasty he was insane insanely good we went on a road trip in Alberta where he scored uh two hat-tricks back-to-back nights as a demon yeah scored hat-trick in Edmonton we go next night to Red Deer scores another hat-trick I was like this is unbelievable that's crazy like no, nobody else in our decor probably had six goals all year he had it in two games <laughs> and it was just another day for him yeah and then uh, Jano, big trade he was probably one of the the top where guys he, playing against play? Moose Jaw and okay. he was he was good he was like I remember hit me one time like just straight on and I got a pressure cut in my eyebrow like exploded my <laughs> My eyebrow, like he's a machine. So okay. he was, he was pretty good. Those would probably be my top three. What about you, Krebsy? Um, so the year that I made as a 16-year-old, actually, all four of the top four defensemen are playing in the NHL now. So Brandon Carlo off Boston, um, Parker Watherspoon, who's like up and down with the Islanders, um, Yuso Valimaki, plays for Arizona now, and then um, Dylan Coughlin, who was in Vegas and then Col- or, uh, Carolina now. These guys were all part of Tri-City. Yeah, all Tri-City. Um, I'm trying to think of everybody else. There was Morgan Geek. Yeah, so there. there was a lot of good forwards, too. So we had Michael Rasmussen, yeah. who's uh, Detroit. Um, Morgan Geeky. Is anybody else in forward? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking, but there's, like, the D was, like, unreal that year. And then um, a guy that I actually played with in Calgary that was, like, just – he's, like, kind of up and down, too, but just silky is uh, Jaeger Zamula, um, but he's a Russian defenseman, probably one of the better offensive defensemen I've seen play. Um, I'm just trying to think, though. But Matthew Barzell, yeah. I played him so much in in Seattle, <laughs> in Seattle and I got I, – I remember, like, so many times where I – or not so many times, several times, where I uh, 
I had like ice the puck. I got hemmed in my zone. Ice puck, and of course, we're stuck in our end. They threw out their first line. Barzell comes out. <laughs> I'm like just shaking in my boots. And then, of course, they go and score. Dash Co- one. Oh, <laughs> more than just that. And then get to the bench. Co- coach goes, take a seat, Crab. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get that puck out. I'm like, I did. You're like, but it's Barzy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then um, actually, another guy that actually Peyton played played with that I just couldn't stand playing was uh, Keegan Colesar story I have him Vegas. Is, he's on Vegas Vegas yeah just because he was just hit so hard but I remember a, team, a teammate of mine told me this after it happened but um I was like lined up and he's my teammate's a winger he's lined up against King Colesar he, he goes hey man watch this gets the puck whatever around in the neutral zone flips the puck in my corner just levels me from behind <laughs> and the guy that he lined up against is like our fighter does nothing i'm like are you kidding me but uh yeah that guy was wild too that's the whole seattle team was really good but okay. i'd say the best is matthew barzell or obviously peyton krebs yeah. <laughs> um i've got one two more questions for you there wit um just going off off your story there yeah um we have a good buddy of ours gift that had a similar story where he played forward for a year and then ended up like doing really well as a defenseman you know krebsy Krebsy related you to Brian Leach and Al McInnes. Um but how did you how did you use your experience as a forward to really help the the D-man that you became? Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Don Dietrich at all. He's uh, kind of like a Manitoba legend. Played in the NHL for for a long time, and uh, he was actually on uh, I don't know a TSN feature where they go up in the mountains and they play on that outdoor rink that's in the mountains. Him and his family, anyways, went out there. Really cool guy. Um, and anyways, he's the guy who put me on forward for, for a bunch. And he said, like, basically uh, the reason he did it was just to, like, it just creates a different mindset as a defenseman instead of, like, because he said, like, you're never going to be the guy who, uh, like, just goes and dominates somebody in, in a corner because you're just, you don't have the physical, like, makeup to do that. So it's not going to benefit you to, to keep trying to play like that. So he said put me up on forward for like a month and uh just kind of got different skills and as far as like building confidence to make plays under pressure or like you know handle four checks or or tighter situations with the puck a bit better and I think it helped me a lot just as far as having more of like a offensive mindset on the blue line versus just being like a defenseman and the last resort kind of guy I would say that's the biggest thing gotcha okay uh the second part of my question is in regards to being like a golf star uh you know we we always see it there's like team sports and then there's individual sports individual uh sport athletes have like a different mindset mm-hmm. how did you use that to your advantage as uh being a hockey player and was there things that you took from golf that you were able to to use in, as a athlete yeah. as a hockey player i think uh honestly golf is the best sport in the world it's uh like when you get to play like high competitive golf it's it's like you get uh, some interesting people for sure, but it's like it's a totally different competitive world because like in hockey you can go out and you can have a bad shift and it's like, okay, just get back to the bench and, and reset. In golf you literally have no luxury to like have an error in judgment or like lose focus because if you hit a bad tee shot, that's like three or four strokes and that's the difference in your day. So it's like legitimately you have to be completely focused on every shot and then 
there's nobody out there but yourself. So basically, like, your self-talk when you're out on the golf course is constantly something you have to, like, keep in mind. You can't be letting things drift into your mind where it's like, oh, man, there's a tough tee shot coming up in two holes. Like, if I snap hook that, I'm my day is done. Where it's like, you know, in hockey, if you're like, oh, man, you know, we have a big weekend here. I've got to, you know, play my best. There's just, I think there's huge mental, like, advantages to being you know, playing golf as a sport where you just pick up things from playing it competitively that just like carry over into other sports or like areas of your life. I think it's the best sport for that, to be honest. Love it. Um, okay, boys. So let's obviously the, the season that we're having here is pretty wild. I think you, you guys won 24 games straight. Um, you just beat U of S in the semifinals of, of Canada West in general like what's this season been like because and i'll preface this by saying you the the i've worked with you guys for six years now and every year has kind of been u of a or u of s and the feeling going into the season is almost like those guys are gonna win we want to be good but it's like u of a is probably gonna win this this year felt a little bit different for me for some reason coming around you guys I want to hear from you from like even in the summer like in July or whatever when we started having those zoom calls as a team like did you guys feel something different about this year or the group of guys or what what's this season been like for you guys um yeah I mean there's definitely like a different feel at the start of the year like our start still wasn't unbelievable Uh, I think we started two and three but and then mix in a couple losses against the Wranglers there too and some exhibition <laughs> games but <laughs> nobody saw that yeah right? nobody saw those scores <laughs> but I think just the general feel around the room is like the level of commitment is very high like I think there was times where I think um especially my first couple of years there was a little bit of like oh we'll see how it goes kind of mindset and maybe guys weren't as committed but like this year i feel like as a group um the general sense of the group is that it's it's so there's a high commitment level and and then as you start winning too like that is multiplied by like belief too so then it just kind of solidifies like you get more and more guys getting more and more committed and it's like this like kind of i don't know exponential growth kind of thing i guess you could say yeah it's super contagious and i think that's kind of been our thing is guys want others to do well and as a group we just like really want to do well it's like and we're not willing to sacrifice things um to like not get that right that's what i feel like but what do you think with yeah i think that's pretty pretty accurate and well described like my biggest thing i would say is i think in university hockey there's like a tendency where some guys are here for you know school like that's their main priority and they want to get you know now they're focused on their education and you know they're happy to still be playing hockey and they want it they're competitive but I think basically the biggest difference or like something I noticed this year is everybody's like very serious about hockey no matter even if you're you know maybe your education is your top priority but at the same time like we're all very focused on uh, the season because I think like a large group of our team is our age, 99s yeah, or 2000 guys. And I think like uh, a lot of people were saying, or even, you know, like we've talked about that we have a young team, but I think it's like in this league, lots of the time, the first year guys are 
huge impactful players. So I don't think it's like necessarily a huge, you know, burden to say that we're all like younger team, second year guys, because I think that it's a, almost an advantage in that we're all on the same page and we all want the same thing and we're all doing it together and we're coming up together and we all have the same mindset versus, you know, some older guys who are at the tail end and they're, they're trending towards getting ready for their careers and their, their education. We're almost more, everybody is on the same mindset in the same place and like right. really get along well. And we, uh, yeah, we're just having fun doing it. Yeah. So I think one thing that I, I've noticed, I've been kind of helping Alex with you guys for ever since I stopped playing with the Dinos, but I played with the Dinos before you guys. I kind of caught you when the COVID year hit and then uh, I finished up, but you guys kept going. Uh, one thing I've noticed that's definitely changed, changed um, and I think we've been a big part of that here at Bold has been the off season. Um, so like when I was playing, it's like guys did not work out. Uh, they use their jobs as an excuse, like manual labor. It's like, oh, I'm working all day. Uh, that's enough. Like, I don't need to go to the gym after that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of want to hear from you, Krebsy, on this. You were part of uh, our off-season group this year, kind of the first time we had our dinos group. Um, and we've heard Mark, uh, your guys' coach, talk about how good of year the guys that came into our off-season program have been having. Uh, I just kind of want to hear your, your experience this off-season, why you think yourself and these other players have been having such good years. Um, and why you think that, you know, the program kind of benefited you to continue on with success throughout the year. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that as soon as I, it came to my brain as soon as uh, Witt grabbed the mic. But, yeah, I think um, it just kind of like there's like this almost group accountability and you see guys w training to get better. And there was like this talk. There's like a bunch of us. I don't know how many of us were training this summer, like 10. But we're like, okay, like we want better. Like we're, we don't want it to be the – the dino way that you just kind of you play out your season and then you lose out in the first or second round like we wanted to win we want to win championships and I think you guys helping us out like I personally felt like I actually had a ling what am I saying <laughs> lingering <laughs> a lingering knee injury and uh being able to just like be with you guys consistently actually it like changed my game like this is the first off season where I could actually train and like I had a plan and obviously COVID kind of played a factor in that but I think having a group that's like committed to our fitness um, committed to like the future together um, and you guys kind of like fostered that that is a massive piece to why we're having the success we are and there's guys that trained here all summer that are having massive years like a guy like grish mm -hmm. like he's having yeah. a huge year patty and he, patty well, yeah colson's having an colson is too. awesome Goody, here all these guys if i missed anyone sorry but yeah sorry boys yeah <laughs> I, I, no and i agree it's like uh every time you look at the score sheet it looks like the dinos or not the dinos the, the bold guys have been getting points and it's like we're kind of patting ourselves on the back like we're the best trainers in the world yeah. we have no <laughs> we got no uh impact on how they play but it is cool to see those guys have success because that's yeah. something the the organization has struggled with in the past it's like you have all the skill in the world but that work ethic and kind of team mentality around you know showing up and putting the work boots on has kind mm -hmm. of been lacking well so. i think it just i mean like training like obviously it's we're not sure like sometimes how much it actually correlates but like i think it just builds confidence and like having like that full off season of training with guys that are doing the same thing like i think that just brought us so much confidence going into the season well i think uh 
a, a big thing I've noticed just uh, being around the team, but is is just a little bit of a change in culture. And I want I want to hear your guys' um, hear from you guys in regards to did you feel there? You mentioned that you started two and three, and then you went on a twenty three game winning streak, broke the Canada West record. Uh, was there a flip of the switch when you knew it had changed and you saw that buy in change? I, I'm curious. Was it a was a progressive progressive thing or was it like wow we're we're going do you want i guess i can talk on yeah no it's definitely a day like there was a day in practice where um uh how he pushed us for sure and some of us (laughs) our emotions got the best of us uh me but um yeah so (laughs) but uh it was definitely like it was just this um accountability by the coaching staff and and then like us actually like committing to it too and and holding each other accountable. So I think that was the biggest thing. But in general, though, it's it's a pro, it's a progressive thing. Um, there's definitely a moment that was like, okay, this could definitely be where it came from. I think we lost uh, the Wranglers, and we lost MRU bad, and then after that, it kind of just kind of kept building momentum. But I don't think there's definitely like this like spark. But the 23 games doesn't just happen because of a spark. Like right. it's many many like kind of things that are like building on top of each other and I think yeah I don't know if it had any, for, has anything. From my perspective as a as the strength coach of your team it started in June when I when I first had our like uh, initial meeting with Mark on what the team was going to be like who was coming uh, what he was thinking about for the season and uh, you know it's it's trick Mark you know he's he's a pretty like hard-nosed old-school guys so it's sometimes hard to like you know he has his way of doing things which I think is great and it started in the summer with with him telling me like we're going all out this year I don't care like who it is and just kind of this black and white attitude and what's cool for me as an outsider to kind of look at your team is that and like maybe a cool lesson for teams in general but like coaches can have a vision for the team supporting people can like want certain things but eventually the players have to like grab it and buy in and collectively say okay we're we're doing this or we're not and that's been like the I remember watching that practice coming out of the gym being like oh my god like they just did a hundred over and backs and then from that day it was you guys just worked and worked and worked every single day it didn't matter if it was the day before a game and you, I think you give a lot of a lot of credit to your team for just buying in because there's usually on a team two three four guys that that are the reason why the team doesn't buy in and your team and maybe you can speak to that but just the, the group of guys that you have and and yeah, yeah. I think that's actually perfectly put and I think like where I was talking about how we're all like the vast majority of us are around the same age I think that helps with with something like that like last summer how we had a meeting like we had a meeting and uh, it was basically like we're gonna change the culture of how we're doing things and it's gonna be based around fitness and it's gonna be like basically there's zero chance that anybody is gonna be able to you know like work as hard as us for as long as we can and I think maybe the start of the year we were trying to like gradually get into that and then all of a sudden it, it was like this isn't working it's not good enough 
and we just decided to like fully just get into it like we haven't had a practice that's been under an hour all season long and we've we've bag skated days before games like we've we just bag skated Monday like it's just <laughs> not like in all honesty it's like it's who we are now like and we in, enjoy doing it like it's like we're gonna work as hard as we can we're literally gonna stand on that and win or lose based on literally our fitness and our work ethic and uh, I think yeah having all the guys around the same age that are on board together makes it easier yeah so just just building off that that's been something that <clears throat> me and Alex have been talking about for feels like forever but uh, there's this I don't know how to explain it but um, the game has changed in regards to uh, you know players and how they act and how they present themselves and how they interact with one and one another um, and I feel like this year it's been a big change for you guys in regards to holding each other accountable that's one of the hardest things to do as a teammate is call out one of your teammates uh, in my opinion uh, some guys are really good at it some guys earn that respect um, and you have to be a certain type of player to kind of have the seeds to do that because at the end of the day you're all buddies and we all understand that but that's just been something that we've been dealing with with our teams in season right now um, guys having trouble with you know losing streaks and how do I hold others accountable and things like that um, and I just kind of want to hear from you guys like has there been moments where somebody stepped up or is it kind of just a group mentality like if you do something on the ice that is just unacceptable is someone saying something right away or is it always mark or how is that usually brought up about the team and the players yeah you want to start me you can go um honestly my thoughts would be uh I would say like that's something we're kind of still growing to to be good at like it's it is a hard thing to do and I'd say Mark is probably our our leading guy in that front I think also like just the way that we play and practice it's almost just like you're either going to be a part of it or you're going to be left behind so there's like it's just uh it's such a like group all in it, all in it together that it, there's just no option to not be good enough in the way like we're doing things because it's just based on everything we're doing is based on effort and like focus so if you're not going to be up to that standard you're going to get left left behind and that's where i'd say the accountability is i think there's still like like Krebsy and i play together and if you know we don't like something about each other we just like we've had at it on the bench a few times but like that's just us as a d pair i'd say like lots of lines and and guys do that in practice there's a bit of it but i would say that's kind of my thoughts on it yeah i think just talking about even it's just like relationship stuff too like we're we've like gotten mad at each other or like try to like hold each other accountable but then we just like talk about it too after we're like okay what are we really trying to accomplish here right and I think that's our group as a whole. Like we, there's like moments in practice or something where like guys aren't, we're sloppy or something. And we know what the standard is. Everybody knows what the standard is. So it's like, our, all right, guys, let's get, let's be better kind of thing. Right. Where I don't think there's many guys in our team that just don't bring it any day. And we're like, we have to really be like, come on, man. Like you gotta be better. Like this isn't enough because yeah. there's so many guys, like you just feel like you're not a part of the group if you're not doing that. Right right and yeah i think just accountability is tough like you don't want to be seen as like the guy like getting mad at another guy but um you're also like showing guys that you care about what you want for them and you want for the group 
and i think stepping out of that takes a lot of vulnerability like you have to be super vulnerable to like say like hey man like i want like we want to be better i want you've got this standard that i see like you see a lot more in people i'm trying to figure out what i'm trying to say but i think i think our leaders more so just lead by example sorry rip this from (laughs) our like our leaders just lead by example and like like if you watch kinger in practice for example he just like works as hard as he can and he brings the same thing every day and then everybody follows up to that standard there's not like a he's never in somebody's ear about like Mm -hmm. hey this isn't good enough so you everybody's got to rise to that level or else it's just like a known thing. It's it's not good enough. That's yeah, yeah I would say. I agree. Yeah, I guess it's it, it is hard to speak on that because you guys have been on such a such a heavy run. I guess mm-hmm. it's 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 a whole different question when guys are you know on like a twenty four game losing streak. Mm-hmm. It's like how does somebody yeah. you know how does the cream rise to the top there and and but, get the but team on? That's what's on so board. special about it because yeah. it's so rare the season you're having. Like it's I've never been a part of something like that. For example, I don't know yeah. if you have. No, I haven't. And it's like. This is like there's so many gems of what you got n- golden nuggets what you guys just said there. If you're a young player, and our first guest Matthew Phillips had some awesome stuff too about like I, I think as young players you get so caught up in like points and being a skill guy and all this bullshit. Everything that you guys have said is like be a good teammate, like buy in to what the coaches and the the team is trying to do, support each other. Like, all these things are actually very important as, like, becoming the player you want to be. Mm-hmm. And obviously, points matter. But the stuff you guys are sa- that you're saying is, like, is so good for young kids to to realize it's not just about, you know, scoring or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, sorry to just branch off of that, but I think if you're on a winning team, too, that's, like, that's what helps you is yeah. being a part of a winning team because then – you know, everybody's going to play better and you're going to rise to a new level. Yeah. But anyway. But we're, what we're speaking right now is about winning culture. And I think I think the thing that I'm taking away is that there's no secret recipe. Uh, there's like commitment. There's a plan, a strategic plan by Mark at the beginning of the year. I want guys to do this. And then you create buy-in. Uh, Krebsy, what you're talking about in terms of holding each other accountability, vulnerability, this is based off trust. And trust is built over time. So it's all these little dedications that, that people are making um, over the course of the year that just starts to become contagious. And like you say, exponential. Um, it's, it's, it's really cool to hear what you guys are saying. Now, I want to speak to a specific moment. Uh, you guys just come off a 23-game winning streak. You have a week bye. You go against U of S, who's, who just won their previous series, beat you in game one game two again not really playing your game that you guys are capable of you go into the third it's one one uh who's who what's the locker room like at that time and you know you guys ended up having massive goals from brad uh bradley and uh colson uh what what was that like and how did those boys step up to the occasion and what was the mentality in the locker room at that time yeah, so I'll kind of take it back actually to the loss. After the loss, actually a lot of us were just kind of talking in the room after and we're like, no, like, this is good. Like, I think our mindset going into that next game was like, this is good. Anything that comes ahead of us, like any challenges we have, good. Let's let's use it as an opportunity. And I don't, like, it was weird. It was like the, 
the win streak was almost like a burden at a, at a certain point where um, it was like this, we're like, we can't lose. And once we had lost, we'd like seen what the worst case scenario was. And we're like, okay, let's just go play our game. And I think that second game, Wit can talk on it too. We were just like, the first game we were like, you Tense. could feel this tension in the room where it was like, we have to win. We have, like, there's so much like pressure almost. And then once we got on that second game, we're like, all right, like, just go play. And I think we slowly kind of found our game. Um, two weeks off, definitely, I think that kind of might have played a little bit of factor. And they were already in their like playoff mode. But once we remembered, like, or learned how to like play the way we should in playoffs, we needed that extra like percent. Um, I think, you know, you have guys in playoffs, you need guys to step up to the occasion. And we had a veteran guy in Scoob, five year guy. And then Coulson, he's been an absolute water bug all year. And he just, he just, he shows into the gym, he works his bag off. And um, yeah, those guys kind of came, showed what they had to do. And it was like we've done all year by team. And we just happened to wear them out, got the win. Yeah, I remember after uh, that game one, I, I walked into the gym and you guys were uh, getting ready for the next game. Both of you were stretching out and stuff. And I kind of come up and I go, boys, how are we feeling? And both of you are just smiling ear to ear, and you're like, you know what? Like, we feel great. This was, like you're saying, this was really good. Brings us back down to earth a little bit. Um, and, yeah, it's like the win streak doesn't matter anymore. Um, it's a new slate. Playoffs is a new season. Um, so it was kind of cool to see that you guys had the composure to really, you know, take that loss and almost use it as fuel because, you know, I, you, you could – go a million different directions after something like that a 24 game winning streak you lose the first game of playoffs and all of a sudden the whole country it feels like is like oh what's going on like does that what were those 24 just a fluke or what type of thing right yeah I think uh Krebsy nailed it with basically like honestly the first night right before the game like uh there was nobody was talking and everybody was just like sitting in the stall with like their head down and we hadn't done that all year that was not at all who we were and I felt like there was we almost had the feeling like where, you know, we want to make sure we realize what we feel is our potential and we want to make most of what we feel like we have here. And we know that, like, it's a really good league and anybody can beat anybody. And and uh, we know we were playing a good team. And I think, like, we felt that the first night and, and we didn't play well. And I think after that, we had a better feeling on, on just how things were going to go. And we started to find our game more as, like, even, yeah, Friday, we weren't even at our best, but we were better. And then... Saturday, I thought we were more how we want to be, and hopefully we can uh, continue that. Yeah, so you, you pound them 6-1 uh, in game three. Now you got U of A. Goddamn U of A. You kidding me? <laughs> Excuse my French here, but fuck these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, how are we feeling here? We, the Dinos <coughs> haven't raised a banner, Canada West, since 1996. There should be a 30 for 30 on that. <laughs> Like, it's unbelievable. Um, U of A seems to be the team that wins it every year. Now they're right in front of you guys in the final. Like, you got to be salivating at this opportunity to bury these guys, put a sword through their back, and move on. How are we feeling here? Because I'm jacked up myself. I might, I might paint my face. <laughs> you might see me in the stands. Are, are you bringing the family? Oh, yeah. Nice. Of course. That's good to hear. Super fan right now. Unreal. Yeah. Some popcorn in the top corner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was good. Well, I mean, I think we're about as excited as you can get anytime you play for a championship. Like, it's pretty exciting. I haven't done it. 
and uh, I know lots of the guys in the team have won in the in the dub, but uh, I haven't. Pretty excited, and I mean, honestly, uh, a lot of respect goes to U of A. They they're one of the best teams every year for a reason. They're good, and we're going to be in for a challenge. But it's I think for us, it's like uh, we want to like you want to go through uh, you know a team like them and and uh, hopefully uh, come through in the end. Like it's an exciting opportunity and. We're uh, we're gonna go make the most of it. Nice, Krabsy. What do you got? Yeah, I think kind of what Witt said. Like you, with when you're like, if you want to be the best, you want to like take on the best. And like I'm, that's why I'm excited. I'm like these guys are good. They're a great team. They've been great every year. And uh, the story writes itself. Like we're playing against the, the former champs. And uh, yeah, they're a top-notch team, and we're gonna have to be our best. And you wouldn't want it any other way. So. I'm excited for that. I mean, we were watching a video yesterday on them, and and I was just like, this, the hands were getting a little sweaty, a little excited, and I could feel the tingles in my stomach. And that's, I think there was several guys. You see guys' knees start bouncing a bit, and um, I think there's a lot of excited guys in the room, and we're just ready to uh, ready for the opportunity. What's uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm having visions of myself playing back at school and like the pregame routines. <laughs> Uh, I would drill like three, four coffees, a bagel. <laughs> you know the bagel station with the bananas? Oh, yeah. We got oh, yeah. We we, we'd have guys playing white like bread. White bread. <laughs> That's how he's going to eat. Okay, so we'd have guys putting like, you know, half the jar of Nutella on the, on the <laughs> yes. bagel. Just, you know, you know, putting a thousand calories in the system before you play. Like, what's your each of you what's your pregame routine with the uh oh my the, God. the white bread and banana station oh, we spend about half hour up in the gym yeah, how, many, how many hours do we got here to talk about this when do you want me to well, start oh you're a coffee guy do you put okay where do, you, where do you want me to start well just, and give us a little quick little glimpse okay Cole's notes okay yeah um yeah well i'm a big uh chicken thighs sweet potato rice and broccoli guy wow. pregame Usually around um, 1.30 on a 7 o'clock game. Then a uh, little nappy poo, maybe a little yoga nidra script. How are you? <laughs> uh, maybe a little visualization, kind of, you know, think about the game. And then uh, me and Witt are driving together a little on the old tandem bike to uh, <laughs> to uh, the Euphoria Cafe. I get myself a Bulletproof coffee. Wow. Yeah, really good. Is that blended the coconut oil? And coconut oil and butter, yeah. CT oil? Yeah. Butter. Yeah. That's good really good stuff and then yeah i get to the rinks tape of sticks i usually only have like a rice cracker or like a rice cake and a banana once i get to the rink and then i don't usually eat and then i'm like usually having like simple shit like candies and stuff in between periods and some salts but so rocks this guy came onto the turf the other day with a rice a dry <laughs> rice cake that's my nightmare and just started chomping this thing oh, and man. you can imagine what was happening and i yeah, yeah I, my <laughs> mind is just in slow motion watching these crumbs I'm just burying themselves no, in our turf i'm like guys no awareness. i'm just thinking one of the like, worst plays oh of all gosh. time oh yeah that was that was right rocks vacuuming yesterday yeah, yeah. i'm like blacking out as he's talking to me watching the crumbs fall <laughs> you can see his face is <laughs> so crazy. what are you doing right now yeah okay but uh, yeah, usually I do like, I get my, actually my cars and I mean, I'm a big cars guy. So get all the joints going. I get my shoulders, neck, ankles, fingers, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to say the other ones. And then um, downstairs we have a meeting Then I'm doing my uh, dynamic up here. Try to get a little bit more movement, um, maybe some ISOs. 
and then go downstairs. I uh, go into the room, ice cold shower with the boys, of course, with the boys. Oh, nice. Get it no, going. Only a few of the boys. Well, me and you. <laughs> Big shower yeah. guy. Me, you, Jonger. <laughs> yeah, Jonger's in there too. We get cold shower. Fire. Oh, Maisie's got a hot shower though, of course. <laughs> and then, uh, then I actually do some breathing before the game and then I'm oh. into my pregame. A little Wim Hof. Wow. Yeah. Krebsy, I get before you turn it over to Wit here, I gotta I gotta ask you, every time you come into the gym, it's generally you just come by yourself. You're doing some routine, I have no idea what's going on. You're the only guy that uses the Alice, what what's that uh, little the spike? Yeah. Acupressure. On the on the feet. Um, but where does this is that just part of your team? Where where does it come from? And I'm always wondering, like, what's what's going on in that guy's brain over there? <laughs> what's that guy thinking? Yeah, most people, nobody wants that. Uh, yeah, it's actually, kind of started when I was in Tri-City, actually. I lived alone, and um, I just kind of actually got into Wim Hof breathing. Yep. And um, from there, like, I just love learning about, like, different, like, kind of little stuff to get better. And I've had, like, injuries and stuff, so anything that I could do to, like, feel really good and feel really good consistently, that was, like... I never like wanted to like leave anything on the bone going into games or practicing and that's always been my mindset is like I don't want to like look back and be like oh I wish I could have done more right I just I really want to seize my potential as a person player and um yeah so you know motivational speech here (laughs) and uh yeah so like I I definitely am open to trying new things and that's why like if something feels good I'm like, all right, I'll try it out. I'll do it. You should be talking about this in front of the 30,000 people at MSI. Yeah, I was just thinking that. (laughs) You have the whole crowd tearing up. Yeah, Yeah, true. I just want to be the best person. (laughs) What's going on with you? I just like to touch. Okay, quickly. quickly. Another wild thing, Rox. Rox and I like food, so. Love it. I'm not sure how this came up on Monday, I believe. Wit likes... um, his family like he oh yeah he's a big cold macaroni salad guy oh and, he, yeah. and the dre- and the sauce is like a ketchup based sauce no, no way i can't even describe to you how good this macaroni oh, salad I, is he put me on pluto for half the session <laughs> i couldn't even brutal. we're talking yeah. like <laughs> he has this it is, all the time he's this oh. is legit the the process this is like my mom's go-to side salad at like a potluck we're getting like some macaroni we're getting like Sandwich meat, ham. Yeah, that was. Oh man. That you're just like dicing. We're cuts. getting some cucumber, tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> cold cuts. Jeez. And uh, this is the wildest part, though. She makes uh, my brother or I or somebody stir up the sauce, and it's literally like ketchup, sugar, vinegar. Like I don't even know what's in there. The ketchup and sugar is, I think, for sure in there. And like we're talking, you're mixing this for like five minutes, so it becomes like a liquid. Cause it's everything's just sitting in the bottom, you know what I mean? But it's it's incredible. <laughs> man, I'm serious. You this can't. is wild. This is a Manitoba thing. I'm ketchup telling you, sugar. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like the ketchup's for sure in there. I gotta think the sugar's in there. He was looking at me and Krebsy like we were crazy. Look at his chops. <laughs> hey, in like my defense, Goody also yeah. is a big macaroni salad guy, look Manitoba at him. guy. Yeah, That's true. He that could use some more. Jesus. He could maybe get on the ketchup sauce and <laughs> add a few. Anyway, what's your wow. routine? Minus the macaroni. Oh, okay, salad. yeah. Can I touch on Krebsy's Wim Hof just quicker? Sure. <laughs> like, so we're we live together and uh, and we're roommates on the road and we're D partners. Can't get away from Man. this guy. But we're talking like 
I'm in the kitchen making my pregame meal, and I can hear him in his bedroom, like, with the aggressive Wim Hof inhales for five minutes. Then he does it again as we're about to go out on the ice. Like, you can hear him over the music almost still doing the Wim Hof. Well, I, try to, I try to time it with the music because sometimes we get the quiet and there's the change of music. And yeah. like, yeah. I'll just go, all right, I'm going down. <laughs> it's pretty hours. wild. It's pretty wild. Anyways, uh, pretty similar to Krebsy. I was, first half of the year, I was on the chicken thigh rice sweet potato broccoli wasn't really loving it moved strictly to uh actually you'll love this uh go to Santerra, get some pasta and this is a tough part of it 12 dollar meat sauce oh per meal we're talking no like a mason jar oh just not really student friendly on the, on the budget. <laughs> but like i just have to get it now i'm um, getting the meat sauce and pasta pretty how's your heartburn yeah well. i've had it for sure <laughs> but like honestly I don't mind it because, uh, like, I just feel like it's a part. I feel so much better for some reason. I feel like it's such a worse okay. pregame meal than the chicken, sweet potato, rice. Anyways, I like yeah, whatever it. works. Yeah, for sure. I've had some um, weird, uh, weird pregames myself. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's what we eat on the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I kind of like keeping it the same. But, anyways, I eat at uh, three, which is a bit different than Krebsy. Right before we go, um, I like watching, I'll watch like YouTube videos of a defenseman I like, like just a highlight pack. Brian five, Leach. Five minutes, <laughs> no, <Leachy. laughs> not Leach. No, like, I don't know, like Carlson or Makar or somebody. Not to say that I'm gonna be doing any of that out there, but I like the, I like just watching the highlight pack. Then, uh, yeah, go to Euphoria with Krebsy. I just get a black coffee, hop up here, stretch with Krebsy, watch him do his routine. <laughs> I come shoot some basketballs and, uh, Stretch for about half the time, play some sewer ball, try to just keep it as light as possible and, Awful and get sewer a good player, one. By the way. Well, that's up for debate. <laughs> if you want to play it the right way, I've got oh, some game, man. but uh, yeah, pretty simple. Just keep it light and nice. make sure I'm ready to go. So if if you guys are a minute left in the game, um, you need a goal. Who do you want shooting that puck? Like, who's the puck going to, and who's the guy in the team that's oh, like? Oh, you think that's easy? Well, like, I've got a few I'd put I'd put up there. Well, let's hear from you first. Let's here, pump right? some tires here. Oh, I'd love to I pump just some tires. Hear, so I don't want to hear a handful. Guy. I want to hear one guy each. Oh, come on. No, no it's no, the no, question. No, no. One guy. One, one guy. guy that's just sitting in the puck? That's Six a tough guy question. can't score the goal. One where's, guy. Yeah. Where's he scoring it from? Yeah, oh, his, his man. spot. Okay, then that's easy. I'm going Grish, top of the circle on the power play. But then I've got... No, I don't well, know. whatever. I want to plug a few guys. No, but that's no, fine. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, fine. You, you can't say Grish. <clears throat> well, I got to give the old veteran uh, some some due. Then I got Scoob with there an absolute go. fake, <laughs> fake, <laughs> <laughs> and then just finding a way to just put it upstairs, usually right and tight. So he's in. He, he's that, was, that was his goal against Saskatchewan. Though. No, like, like he's always he does like this like. Yeah. And then like goes, and he's like, <laughs> "You're gonna have to watch the video." Yeah, that. but he does it like he's got he, a good release. He's got a good little like deception, which I think he, yeah, he's a gamer. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. Matt tells the guy, right? Hold but on, hold on. Before, before we move on from Scoobs, him and a former Dino used to do what they call <laughs> Hunk yep. Rock Tuesdays. Oh, yeah, yes. What happened to this? Where is it? What Scoobs doing with that? Is he still? Is he still playing simple plan? Simple plan in his basement, or what's going on? Well, um, like I was. That was more when that. Yeah, when I was on the team. But it's mostly because I think they don't live in the same city now. Yeah. 
both guys. Graham Black. Graham, Graham Black. Black. Yeah. Graham Black and um and Scoob. Yeah, they because Scoob was the vo- the vocals, and then Graham Black was the uh, guitar, piano. The guy's an absolute but, phenom. But Krebsy, I I hear you're a massive open mic guy. Oh. Oh, talk about the uh, the golf course there. The yeah, give, the us story. <laughs> give us a story. Give us a story. We need it. Well, uh, I mean, it's kind of just like me being me but i guess i we were like we of course at the start of the year we do our golf tournament tournament and uh yeah so play golf out usually it's like a scramble of sorts get a party bus yeah party bus and everything and uh there was like this there's this mic at um spring break golf course just sitting there and you know me i have to hear my voice being heard so and uh so i get up i asked you actually at the front people i'm like hey like can we get uh can we get this mic going and uh so she's like sure so we just started getting some music going and then i just started emceeing a little like music sesh so that's pretty much it really singing i just i'm gonna jump in here because i feel like you're selling yourself a bit short like we're talking Springbank golf course you got to paint the scene a little bit like (laughs) we've got other members in the clubhouse here like older ladies and like you know older members krebsy's up on the mic and he's like calling the boys up like were you not calling the boys up and like carl stenkowski unbelievable bruno mars impression really so he calls (laughs) yeah it's unbelievable calls carl up carl just blows the doors off people people are losing it and then as people are getting more excited krebsy's getting more and more like over the top with his like we're bringing out whatever like these guys it was good it was, so he was the host of the night yeah exactly okay. it was it was funny oh, one of those man. ones you want to be there yeah it was more of i think it was more of a you gotta be there moment but uh it was yeah. good. what's uh one more thing here what's brad Ranka been like to the team because this guy's oh. an absolute pistol man played in the show for a long time he's a coach uh, he, i love how you go out there and he's he's doing lines with you guys he's got the old brad does i think brad's done just like, about every bag skate yeah, yeah he's incredible the guy the guy is incredible i don't know if we can really almost do him justice he's just he's unbelievable like there will be times i've been we've been out there and we've been scored on and it's just like one of those goals that's just like back breaking almost you're like oh my god like how'd that go in and he'll just give you the Coles notes on what he thought, and then he'll be like, yeah, you'll get it back. And it's just like, it's just Refreshing. unreal. He's just such a, he's an unreal morale guy, like loves to have a good time, keeps it really casual. Like I think he's he's here to just kind of, you know, give his knowledge of the game, and, and that's what he's mainly here for. Like he cares about us, and you can tell, like that's, that's his main focus. Like uh, I remember one time, like, we're playing a game and they announce my name for whatever reason and he's he's like witting he's like saying my name like three times he's like what uh what nationality is that and it's like we're like at the seven minute mark of the third of the game and i started having a full-blown conversation with him he's like i'm like oh like it's belgian and he's like oh yeah he's like my i got this story about a belgian guy and i'll tell you after the game just remind me after the game like he's the best guy like he's unreal he gives you great like tips and info and practice and he's always having a great time like he's just one of those people you like you love to be around you can't be around them enough basically he's awesome nice. yeah that's on point you want to go into rapid fire or what do you well want? I, I think we i think we get into rapid fire so the the way we're going to do this is there's a there's a few questions that we got for you boys i want one person to answer when we go through the questions and then we'll just go back and forth <clears throat> then we're going to go into dino's rapid fire so it's a chance to 
bring, pump some tires and throw some guys under the bus. So we'll, nice. we'll have a little bit of fun with it, but uh, yeah, keep the answer short and we'll get through it. Uh, I don't know who wants to start, but we're going to go favorite hockey player growing up. Uh, Shea Weber. Okay. Karaoke song. Back, back to me? And, back and forth here. Oh, okay. Figure okay. it out. Uh, Shania Twain, any song. Man, I feel like a woman. Favorite movie? Interstellar. Wow, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Something not everyone knows about you. Oh, my God, man. It's a big one. Um, Such a hard question. That is hard. Uh, okay, I got one. I'm from uh, an area in Manitoba that's the one desert in Manitoba. Wow. The Like five minutes north of me is uh, the one desert in Manitoba. Really cool. Look it up. Spruce hey. Woods Provincial Park. <laughs> All right, Krebs, you ready for a deep rapid fire? One thing that you wish you could tell or one thing that you would tell your younger self? Tough rapid fire. So rapid. Um, what would it be something that... I don't know, just like... Maybe just... Uh, here, you go, actually. I, I would <laughs> say, uh, no like, just put the work and the time in and things are going to work out how they're meant to workout that would be my trust the process yeah gotcha favorite five cent candy you know like the five centers Mm -hmm. double bubble jesus you guys are killing us double bubble oh double bubble okay nice uh who's the messier one in the house krebsy (laughs) how is that even close okay like is that true or not? Go ahead and say it's not true. <laughs> well, what? Well, like, what are we talking here? Like, main areas or hey, in our bedroom? Fire. Hey, yeah, okay, 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 whatever, true. Go to cheat meal. Uh, <laughs> I love a good A&W burger. All right. Okay, Dino's rapid fire. Worst golfer on the team. Oh, my God. Um, there's some bad ones. Noah King's got to be up there. Wow. <laughs> Uh, who's the last uh, last guy on the team who's gonna get married? Oh. I know this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Say it. Say it. Go on. Oh, I can't think right now. Oh, I don't know if I can say it. Oh. No, I can't just say, say it. it. Just say it. No, I can't say it. All right, all right. Conflict of interest. We gotta move on. Okay, okay I got For, another. Yeah, go ahead. First guy to get married. Dakota Curry. <laughs> 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 no, who else is there? I guess long term. I guess Zach Whitty. Well, both of you guys. Yeah. Worst breath on the team. I'm gonna go Jake Grishis or Matt Quigley. <laughs> Portland household. Most likely to get rejected at the bar. Oh. Colson Gagenbach. <laughs> I got a dark horse. Love you, uh, Connor Horning. Yeah, yeah, I love those guys. But who's got the worst on ice style? Kinger. Yeah, Kinger's got bad style. Big shin pads? Oh, does the sock tape just brutal socks sock. are crunched at the bottom. It's yeah. incredible. It's bad. Wow. He's, yeah, he's, he's a bad-looking guy in general. <laughs> Best style. Uh, off the ice. Off the ice. Actually, I got to give a little bit to Quigger. He's got good style. He's always trying to put in... He's, like a, he's a sneakerhead. Yeah, he tries to get better, too, you know? Yeah, like... <laughs> Hype beast. <laughs> Um, oh, that's that's great, boys. I really appreciate you guys coming in. Any uh, final 
final things you want to get off your chest? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Thanks for having us. Yeah, awesome. thank you. It was a blast. I'll give them a give them a little bit of tip on where our listeners can find them uh, this weekend. Well, we got uh, finals U of A this Friday, 7 p.m. Bob David Bauer. Uh, how much are tickets? I think ten dollars. Ten First bucks. Two hundred and fifty students are getting in free though. Look out. Perfect. So the, we got to pack this building. Um, should be an unbelievable series. You guys are so fun to watch, and, and we'll definitely be there. Um, Wit, you got. Uh, I believe you have our our sponsor for the episode. Why don't you give oh. us a little shout out here? Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to give a shout out to uh, Smack Dab Mustard. Winnipeg local product, gourmet mustard. You've got your uh, white packs. You've got black packs. You can order it online. Smack dab, S-M-A-K-D-A-B. And, uh, jalapeno honey. Yeah, jalapeno like, honey. I'm telling Whoa. you, this mustard is... You, uh, you go on their website, you can get uh, recipes. A little, a little bit life-changing. I had my I would finger hope so. in the jar when it was done. I love, I was I love hearing that. There's, uh, you got endless options in the gourmet mustard world. Like you can go get some uh, potato salad going in there. You got salad dressings. You got your hot dogs, hamburgers. There's lots you can use it. So uh, it's at like any co-op, Safeway, Sobeys, uh, Santeras. Yeah. If you go down. on there, yeah. If you go on their website, uh, you can uh, you can find out uh, where they sell it and what their products are all about. Love it. Social media. Social media. Yeah, they're on uh, Instagram believe maybe even TikTok, Twitter. I don't TikTok. know for sure. TikTok. Primarily. Oh, some TikTok. Well, wow. got to be up with the times, right? That's that could be in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That could be totally wrong also. Instagram primarily, but yeah. S M A K D A B. Beautiful. Uh, as always, you can find us on Instagram, Spotify, Podcast. Pinecast, Apple uh, Podcast. Apple uh, we, we're just starting out here, so if you could be so kind and give us a five-star review, that would be huge. Um, really appreciate it, boys. Hopefully we'll be back in a few weeks with our uh, next guest. Maybe you're looking at Caleb Apperson, NHL linesman. Wow. Wow. Not a bad, uh, not a bad guest. Uh, but, yeah, appreciate it, boys, and good luck this weekend. Let's go. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah.